I'm Jerry Agar in for John Moore today and tomorrow he will be back with you on Wednesday. Joining me on the morning brief this morning, CTV political analyst, former advisor to a prime minister, Scott Reed. Good morning. Morning, Jerry. Are you thrilled about the Leafs? Because as I understand it, you're one of those nasty Habs fans. I, I am a Habs fan, but yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for the Leafs. I mean, I've lived in the city now for whatever, 16 years, and I'm happy to see them finally get it off their back. It would have been crushing if they'd gone to Game 7. Like, just the the, the weight of Game 7 back in Toronto, I think, would have literally um, broken the franchise in half. So I'm glad they got the win, and, uh, and they move on. And now they don't even have to face Boston. They get yeah. to... Uh, Get to play, play those Panthers, so all good. That Boston situation is shocking, actually. It, it, it's a staggering thing. Um, you know, they, people were comparing them to the 77 Habs and, you know, the 85 uh, Oilers is like among the greatest teams of all time. And, uh, yeah, well, not so much. Well, they're one of the greatest regular season teams of all time. <laughs> yeah. I guess they got that going for them. Right. Uh, do you think that there are 59 candidates, if I'm up to speed, maybe some more have signed up, but at least 59 candidates for mayor for the city of Toronto. Do you go along with the idea, Summer Floating, that it's going to get meaner? Yes, I do think it's going to get meaner. It's going to get meaner for obvious reasons, which is that you've got a race now, which is more or less defined by name recognition. The people topping it happen to be the people that are best known, like the Olivia Chows of the world and and Josh Matlows and um, and even Mark Saunders. So I think what's going to happen is people are going to sharpen their knives either as a way of saying, see, this is really a two-person race. It's like you saw Mark Sanders, Saunders going after Olivia Chow. I think that's his way of saying, hey, you know what? It's 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 him or it's her or me. Okay, so make your pick. That's smart politics for him. Um, others are going to be attacking. Maybe they'll attack Saunders as a way of saying, you know what? Uh, if I'm going to step up, I'm going to have to knock someone else down. So I think you're going to see a lot more pointed attacks. And frankly, like no. No one's really paying attention. There's a poll a day, but people aren't engaged in this thing. And I think campaigns are going to start to feel desperate. They got to do something to get noticed. They got to do something to break through. I'm hoping to get a pollster on the show because I'm a little curious as to how this polling is working. You can't poll 59 candidates. So uh, so how's it done? You just say, uh, can you name somebody who's running for mayor, somebody that you like, and you leave it to them? Or do you pick six candidates and ask them about those six, which in in, in a way makes it a sort of a push poll? Well, you've got a prompt uh, on the candidates or you will not get an honest read. So you're going to have to say which of the following, and you're going to have to determine how big that battery of candidates is going to be. Um, but, you know, I think to your broader point, you have to be you have to be very jaundiced in what you think these polls tell you. They are for sure telling you name recognition. Are they actually telling you about voting intent? Hard to tell. Um, you know, in the absence of anything else, name recognition may well be the best proxy we have for, for vote intention, but it's going to be very imperfect in a race like this. So I think it is extremely hard to poll and it's extremely hard to predict. I was meeting with some people involved in the race on Wednesday. It was a good conversation and I brought up John Tory if he were to run, um, would win. And I didn't think he'd get the 62%. And I was just sort of thinking in my head, well, Holly, he gets 40%. He'd, he'd win handily. And then it turns out, apparently, there's some sort of poll that says that. I have no reason to believe that John Tory is going to come back. In fact, I would, I would bet you that he won't. But, uh, but uh, he'd win. Yeah, again, it's probably measuring name recognition. So, you know, if 
first of all, as you say, it's, you know, might as well ask, like, you know, do you think Spider-Man would be a, a good treasurer? Um, it's not going to happen. But if he did come back, then he would have to be tested. Then people would ask him all those uncomfortable questions and they'd watch him squirm uh, talking about his personal life. And maybe that would knock his support down. But I think, you know, people were, you know, people liked John Tory. They were content with John Tory. Not everybody, but I think by and large, the city felt comfortable with John Tory. So again, I think you're probably seeing that. What I think is interesting is that John won with 62% of the vote in, in October, but now it really feels to me like the city is looking for change. That people feel like, well, you know, things aren't functioning. Basic services aren't available. Uh, there seems to be too much crime. I'm not safe in transit. So even though people are comfortable with John Tory as an incumbent, it feels like the city's going to vote for change when it casts its ballots in this special election. All right. I'm uncomfortable with the fact that we'll have a mayor who might get 18% of the vote. And, uh, you know, I, I would like some sort of ranked ballot thing, but um, we're not going to get I'm it. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I like. I prefer a ranked ballot. I think it would be a far superior uh, way of electing a mayor uh, in particular. Short uh, section of Queen Street is going to be closed, but a short, a short section of a major street being closed can have major impact. And it's a four and a half year, they say, partial closure of Queen Street, so it's going to go along in front of Old City Hall and then a block east of Young Street, but uh, this is going to be a major disruption, and when we get four-and-a-half-year partial closure, I, you know, off, you know what, how long do you want in the office pool? Yeah, I, exactly. I only know one thing about this, and I know the four-and-a-half years will not be the duration that this street is uh, closed. This portion of the street will be closed for far longer than that. You know, I it is what it is. I guess like, you can't get transit without digging in the ground and shutting down streets and moving buildings and cutting down trees. It's a disruptive process. I can remember back in Boston when they had the big dig and there was kind of a bargain. It was like for 10 years, it's going to be unmovable in the city. But at the end of it, we're going to have a transit system that works. And, um, you know, the challenge for Toronto is it feels like, you know, it's it's bits and pieces. We've left it for so long. We're scrambling now. And it feels like the entire city is going to be shut down forever. Now, I'm heavily influenced by my proximity to Eglinton, which is, you know, just like an absolute slasher film. You know, it's just become a horror movie. All right. Well, it starts today. Um, and so we're into it. And coming up just uh, after seven o'clock this morning, Roger Brown, director of traffic management, the city of Toronto, is going to join me. I'm curious as to why this will take as long or longer than it did to, buy, to build the original Young Line, the whole thing from Union Station up to Eglinton. So that might be one of the things we will talk about. So apparently a partial deal has been reached for federal workers. Most of them, there's about 150,000 on strike. Apparently 120,000 of them go back to work this morning or whenever their next shift is supposed to be. I, do you think that uh, the public is going to be happy with this deal? Yeah, I think the I think the public's going to pay as much attention to the deal as they did to the strike. I mean, this was for for most people, this was a non-event because it didn't inconvenience them personally. Now, you know, I know there are people that had trouble with their passports. I know there were people coming into the country in immigration ceremonies and other matters. But by and large, people didn't feel the strike, and a strike that isn't felt is a strike that isn't seen. And so, I don't think there's going to be a big uproar. And it looks like the government's getting you know a deal that's somewhere between three and. 3.5%. So it's not outrageous in terms of increase. And I just think, you know, that that's that. I, I actually think if you look at it, the government turned out to be a really hard bargainer, even harder than I expected. I thought they would fold in at something closer to three and a half to four, like the Ford government, but uh, they held the line. 
I'm less concerned about a bump in pay for federal workers than I am by the number of federal workers. The explosion in the size of federal employment since Justin Trudeau became prime minister is just ridiculous. Well, you like having services available when you ask for them now, right? Do you really think that the country runs better? Uh, No, it doesn't, actually. I think it's like Elon Musk got rid of 80% of Twitter, and Twitter's still there, still operates. We could get rid of 20%. Twitter is a toilet bowl now, and it's dysfunctional half the time, and stuff doesn't work. So I'm not sure I'd make that comparison. That would be an advertisement for hiring more people. Well, I'm not having any trouble with Twitter. What are you trying to do? Well, you can't. None of the content is moderated. Suddenly, we're all getting pushed uh, crap that we're not following, and nobody is actually uh, n- nobody is actually um, uh, getting you know these verified checks and all stuff. The thing is just a gong show because they killed their entire moderation and content department. Twitter is just a it's a soup. We now aren't getting what we want. We're getting what Elon Musk wants us to have. Well, yeah, well, it was always a soup, and if you trusted uh, Twitter to tell you the truth, then you were in trouble. And that I only have a minute or so here, but there's a, a poll that says Canadians don't trust social media to self-regulate. They want the government to step in. The last people I want in charge of information is the government. Yeah, you're not representative on this issue. And I don't think people are necessarily hungry for government to regulate, but they don't trust those that are in charge. And these things have become fundamentally public utilities, right? And people do rely on them for a whole variety of information sources. And so what it really tells you is they're dissatisfied with Elon Musk making these uh, decisions. And so what do you do? Do you go to a regulator? Do you go to the federal government? How how do you figure it out? But uh, these people, Elon Musk and the Jeff Bezos of the world, they're losing people's confidence. Yeah, well, so is the media. Well, that's because people sit around and say that the media are corrupt when they're not. Um, I don't think we're corrupt. I think, you know, I have an agenda and I announce it. And a lot of other people in the media have an agenda and they don't announce it. And, uh, but I think people well, figure it out. But you're not in journalism. You're an opinion. Well, that's, you, you, yes, you, but you know what? The public doesn't seem to know the difference. Well, but many organizations have editorial standards and practices and they follow them and they try to be rigorous about it. And then many organizations don't. And that's a real problem. And those organizations and their ownership should be held to account. All right. Professor Sam Andre, Director of Policy and Research, Toronto Metropolitan University, is going to talk to us coming up in the next break on disinformation and online harm. So we tied nicely into that. Scott, good to talk to you. Thank you. I'm off to warp young minds. I'm teaching a course this week at Queen's University, Jerry. How much does that scare you? I'm helping people become more like me. It's going to be a... I want the government to regulate you. It's Well, absolutely. (laughs) 